Today, I really want you to go into this compassion, compassion part. Because sometimes we lose the point. What's the point? The benefit of compassion, maybe. First of all, compassion is the human or the living being's innate. Dalai Lama talks about the primal motive, everybody living, no matter how fierce animals. They are like a vicious animal. They have this innate uh, quality, which is a caring, caring for or caring about whether you suffer or not. We want everybody want happiness. Everybody or every being don't want to suffering or pain. No. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Just actions sometimes often does not accord with the innate qualities. So that's the place I think spiritual practice has to come in. How we can connect with this innate uh, compassionate loving qualities, then how that uh, manifests as a behavior and the emotion. So for that, uh, we have to have some uh, practice and conscious awareness. For example, self-reflection and regulate the emotion. So if we don't have that, then, for example, like animals, <clears throat> like a vicious animal, they want, like exactly the same like us, right? Want to have happiness, want to, don't want to suffer. But their behavior is just because they want to have then eat. You know, predators, you know, or they fight and appear. But as a human being, we have a capability of cultivation. You know, we can cultivate our heart, cultivate our mind. So that's uh, why this kind of, some kind of spiritual practice doesn't need to be this way, you know, but uh, some kind of um, discipline or cultivation need in order to find the genuine happiness. So that's not necessarily religious at all. We don't need to be religious or Buddhist or Christian, no, but uh, some kind of, that's how I feel. So we are talking about compassion is innate. Innate, each of us. Then compassion has a tremendous benefit in health, not only mental health, physical health. Nowadays, they have scientifically started to prove that. Like they put all this stuff in there, and, you know. <laughs> yeah, then prove it. It physically changes, physiological change through cultivating the compassion. Yeah. And also, third ones, I did a little bit of homework because there are so many benefits of. Uh, Compassion, so I cannot list up. So the one point is, as I said, we we have a we have a capability of cultivating that, that ability. We can develop as a human being. We can do something about it. Uh, innate and the tremendous benefit, and then we can do something about it. So that's actually, I 
I thought about it yesterday. I was walking, a little hiking I was doing along the river. What am I doing here, you know? You know, what's the uh, kind of sense of purpose? Each of us has sense. It doesn't need to be what that purpose is. I don't think that's important. In a sense, we don't need to be a grandiose, like sending the thousands of dollars to the, uh, to the somebody. No, but each of us have a, some kind of sense of purpose, which is uh, really uh, keeps us healthy and important. And then compassion comes in, I think. Compassion net, uh, <clears throat> that I felt really whatever it is, with, based on the compassion, then whatever we act, um, that gives some kind of uh, sense of purpose. So anyway, so the experiment we just did, I want to hear how, how did that go. My intention was first we get in touch with that calm, try to get rid of or the let go of the distraction as much as possible, then connect it with the heart center. Then what happened? What did you find? What did you notice? Tenderness. Tenderness. That's what I always feel when I yeah, connect me, me. with my heart. Yeah. And, and I felt it, you know, probably more so as we went on and I focused on tenderness towards myself, yeah. towards my back. Yeah. And then even more so when I focused out mm-hmm. on my brother yeah. and his pain. Yeah. yeah. Because we have become, uh, we, because we don't have any more like a block. You know, we have a, such a, we are protecting this in inside of us. We have a feel, a kind of Fear again, so that we protect. Then we are afraid of opening our heart. But once we started to do, start connecting, start feeling this innateness, then uh, we don't have any more like a start this blockage or barricade we we have starting melt down. So become very vulnerable and. Uh, um, yeah, just very naked, no? Like it feels like naked. Mm-hmm. Soft. Soft. Mm. Yeah, maybe that's uh, uh, maybe fast place we get in touch with softness. And anybody else? What's your experience, Linda? Kind of identify with what you're saying of just letting go not being afraid of things to come but and but com- also compassion for my body and um, when you're talking about seeing someone I see I saw a face but she knows I have a cat I'm very fond of mm-hmm. and then I, I see that little cat has been suffering sometimes so and she can reach out and put her hand out and pet me back, you know. And so I thought of that, just sending good vibes to people um, that I have forgiven and I hope will come back. Does that make sense? 
<laughs> back into your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know, I, but that sense of, you know, the spiritual in life that we don't feel a lot of the time comes back. I don't know how to say it very well. I think you're saying it very well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But else? You know, between the difference between compassion and empathy, like in English we have a word empathy, right? Empathetic. And also compassion. Compassion, compassion. In the Buddhist term, compassion has a very specific meaning. It's not the only uh, feeling together, like a compassion feeling. I feel for you, or I feel pain for you. You know, very vulnerable, right? It was very soft. But plus, aspiration, very courageous aspiration. May you be free from suffering. May you be free from pain. It's very courageous. And so it's aspiration component. But maybe empathy, I don't know, I'm not English speaker, but the empathy is more like, a, you know, I feel for you, and I'm it's just more like, a, doesn't have that, that courageous part of it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that might lead to that uh, courageous part. But the, Jim, you—it seems like uh, something burst out from your lips. No, the compassion, empathy. I'm curious about this. Yeah, I don't. Compassion does seem. uh, You say courageous. It seems bigger. I don't know quite. Aspiration. It has an aspiration connotation in Buddhist context. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, in the Buddhist context, we said uh, compassion and love or loving kindness. So compassion is aspiration to wish for everybody, including oneself, mm-hmm. to be free from pain, suffering. That's why we do tonden. When we in- inhale, we take the pain of yourself, part of yourself or others, then may I or may you be free from suffering. That's compassion. Then exhale. Then may you have happiness or may you find the joy or the pay attention, compassionate attention, loving attention. So that's what I was just talking about. Yeah. We don't want to uh, quote by the, this kind of terminology, but just... Uh, um, my point is, I don't know whether my point came across. <laughs> well, um, I, I would have, you know, inside myself, I would have thought compassion and empathy very similar. Mm-hmm. But as you expand my definition of compassion, which I love and I relate to, um, to include the courage and, and the, the desire for all, then I can see empathy more as just in the moment um, feeling connected mm-hmm. to another, including in their pain, um, but not necessarily that broadcasting mm-hmm. of 
desire for all beings to be free from suffering. Yeah. In compassion, we can do something about it. We can do, even in a disparate, middle, middle of disparate situation, with compassion, we can be courageous, we can be... Because look at the, His Holiness Dalai Lama. That's the, we are so fortunate. We can see the living embodiment of compassion. You know, he's the one, if we name somebody who uh, suffered the most in the history, he's the one. And uh, then he, he radiating all this uh, courageous compassion. And uh, be, I think because of his cultivation, it's, I don't think that's what he's, he just inherited from his previous incarnation, reincarnation in a previous kind of past life. He cultivated. Again, this third point I was, I tried to come up, uh, tried to come across, which is we are able to cultivate that ability to be compassionate. We can be open our heart. So that's the way we can be uh, really courageous and we can do something about it. Just like this, from here on this, from, we don't need to go out there and demonstrate or whatever. Just uh, from just right here now, we can be uh, authentic and uh, courageous and do something about it. World disaster or something. <laughs> I don't know whether that's uh, your experience or not. And also for that, that uh, that part. The first part, uh, the trying to connect with uh, calm your mind, and then at the more soothing part of the necessary. If your mind is too distracted, then it's hard. What do you think, Jim? What's your experience? Yeah, what I'm thinking about are the many paths of people. And, I, and I'm looking at the path uh, of a person that may not have a calm mind but is doing much to help other people. It doesn't, and, and I'm looking at a, at, uh, a person um, well, I'm just looking at different paths. My path right now in my life actually much is is calming of the not of the mind of of opening the heart of of um, learning learning to have more compassion for myself mm-hmm. and I see that and it and it it hasn't always been that but I see more it's it's that now I think more with my age and my body and what's going on in my life um, and I'm also becoming more solitary not as not as social as I've been, um, and, and and you're talking about the Dalai Lama and, and his suffering, and I'm sure the people that have physically suffered more than the Dalai Lama, too. Um, and where they have come with that, it's like, what do we do with that suffering? And I see the Dalai Lama has, Lisi. Uh, how I understand this human being is is um, transformed his heart 
maybe it was always that way, but I, but I see that's our chance here on earth, is to transform our heart into a place of, of sweetness and, yeah. and love. And, and I love that word compassion. Kindness, I like yeah. very much. Too. Kindness, compassion, and compassion, and 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 I see where it really starts here. It, yeah. it can it can be like I can pretend out there in the world, but there's something deeper. Yeah. In myself, that I feel is is um, it's cultivated, and I'm more aware of that now than I've ever been. And we were talking earlier about why meditating. That's one reason. It's no reason to meditate, but I find that that touches a place in me um, that the other parts of my life touches, but not in, it touches in a different way. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's more the mirror yeah. of, of reflection of, of what I am, yeah. or, or almost what I'm, what, all that I'm not. Because I've said this many times, I keep coming to this place of nothingness, too. Of, of there's almost nothing there. And maybe nothing. Only what I'm craving up here. <laughs> yeah, Jim, very good point. Well said. Actually, that's very good to uh, start with. If we don't feel pain enough for our own self, ourselves, we cannot feel the pain of others. That's uh, actually that's obvious. At the same time, tendency is that in order to escape one's own pain, then try to uh, try to feel pain of others. <laughs> so then sometimes uh, exhausted, you know, to try to help others. So because it's not so genuine. Um, so I think in our practice here, meditation, always, uh, almost always try to start from here, try to connect with one's own uh, pain and inside oneself. And then all these other st- things like uh, naturally comes. Um, if you really feel your pain enough, then you feel some. Just start with somebody who's similar to you. Like when I had uh, my son died, uh, I felt, of course, pain. Then first thing I did was the other big million people who lost the dear one. Mm-hmm. I feel way much more intimate, felt the pain. So I have to kind of get in touch with my own uh, pain in order to be really genuine to serve for others. So I don't know, in the West, sometimes uh, uh, serving others is very important, you know, the own purpose of like serving others. And then um, at the same time, kind of this self-compassion or self, uh, kind of self-compassion, you know, mm-hmm. like the loving to oneself. Mm-hmm. That part is kind of under what you call Underutilized? Yeah, underutilized or kind of... Or the not... uh, You know the story, right? You know, Dalai Lama came to the West. He couldn't believe this term, low self-esteem or something Uh like that. There's no such a word in Tibetan. Low self-esteem. Like a 
self pity, self kind of hate, hate or those words. Because why? You know, everybody wants happiness. You have a caring, caring for, you know, and some kind of, I don't know, that's the background of Christian, uh, Judeo-Christian background or, but I think even in Japan and also China or nowadays, those self, putting oneself down, not really feel courageous. That's coming from the competitive, I think, very competitive, competitive society, you know, judgmental, competitive. So now I think it's time for us to, those are not useful anymore, doesn't protect us <laughs> any longer, not ourselves, in the world. <laughs> those kind of uh, paradigm, it's not work anymore. I just want to list uh, uh, some of the benefit. Kind of, I'm not advertising. But uh, more and more, I feel like uh, you know, and without the context, any religious context, Buddhist or Christian, just as a being, <laughs> being in this uh, world and this galaxy, I think the power of compassion and love is kind of crucial. But at the same time, now, like really, uh, it's a courageous medicine. Like if I ever do the, another uh, course or something, like LCC course at the yoga studio or something like that, I want to do like a cultivation of heart, heart and mind. You know? Of course, mindfulness is good, but so, <laughs> you know, and of course based on the mindfulness, but more like a, yeah, really human potential. We need to really cultivate, especially at our age, we just need to really cultivate <laughs> what's here, what's possible, demonstrate, embody what's possible. Okay, so but then ability to let go of clinging to ourselves, compassion. So it's interesting. So thing is that if we think uh, think about compassion or you know, taking the suffering of others, and or oh, I get more more sad or that. It's kind of a paradox. It's opposite. <laughs> <laughs> opposite. We can you know open open the door to true joy. No, look look. Take a moment to uh, remember your life, like a moment of your your life. The kind of really when you feel the true joy. Where were you? Like, where are you? Self. Maybe you are not there. <laughs> Completely, like unconditionally love. And so, then that's uh, great things. Then also the compassion gives a sense of purpose, as I said. Yeah, regardless of what that purpose is and uh, sense of fulfillment and making life meaningful, no matter how small it is, right? Then there also loneliness. It's uh, the antidote, best antidote to, uh, uh, to a danger or loneliness, not the feeling, deeper connection. 
right? Loneliness means that you don't feel kind of connection, isolated, right? But compassion is just even you are living with yourself. But if you cultivate compassion, you feel connection with that. This six billion, only ego I'm talking about, a human being, but six billion people, you know, same human condition, you know, feel uh, connected, never feel lonely. Uh, there's one uh, quote I love, in isolation or solitude, at least lonely. Uh, that was uh, that was said by the uh, I think I think that uh, one of the saint, you know, Christian saint, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was in uh, the cabin for a little while, <laughs> and then doing a retreat. Then I thought about that. Uh, hmm. Okay, that's make really this is about here. It's not about million people. I'm surrounded by so many loving people. I mean that's nice, but. If your heart is not open, no matter how many people surrounded by how many people praise you and this and that, it doesn't matter. But even in a, sitting in a small cave or something like that, if you cultivated compassion, you are surrounded by the other, <laughs> other living being. So that's a great benefit. <laughs> Instead of taking the uh, medication to dep- uh, suppress the loneliness or depression, this, so against the stress, right? So then, the, uh, and also this is uh, based on the research. If you cultivate the compassion, you feel more uh, compassion from others. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if the, let's say, if one actions, somebody does the same action, compassionate action, then they, uh, if you cultivated the compassion, compassionate being, then you can respond more, like you can get the benefit of it. But if somebody else who never thought about compassion, then they don't receive the compassionate action. That, so like as uh, older people, some older people, not necessarily older people, but just no matter what we do, uh, they don't kind of really, don't feel like uh, they cared for. You know what I mean? Some people, no matter what, they always complain and grumpy and this. Because maybe not so, heart is not uh, open and uh, kind of don't know what compassion is. So we are not too late. <laughs> so that one, uh, yeah. So that's that's good. That's uh, and the fear, of course, uh, against the fear. Interesting. Compassion is against the fear because it's kind of creating uh, resilience, spiritual resilience. Courageous, mm. like a mother, empowered. empowered, like a mother, fierce mother. How she acts, you know, in the face of danger or something like that. No fear. I have a little anecdote to share with you. Time. <laughs> yeah. See, I was studying Buddhism and. Uh, Important, I learned the importance of cultivation, compassion.
compassion, the loving kindness, bodhicitta, blah, blah, blah. And they studied for so many years, and there were step, very specific step, step to cultivate bodhicitta. And first, have to view everybody as a mother, and then kindness, then remember the kindness of the mother. Then now I generate this feeling of repaying the kindness of all those things. Then, um, first time, when my son came out, came out, she, um, he was born. And first time I hold him, you know that just a nurse passed on him. I looked at him. The amazing thing was, first thing came across my mind. I can do anything for this kids. I even can give my body. I was surprised about myself <laughs> that moment. This unconditional love spontaneous came. And all those years of practicing artificial kind of doing, but then that, yeah, just like this unconditional love, I just felt like that innate, spent spontaneously bubbled up in this, that particular occasion. So each of you, us have that, and uh, I'm sure you have that sort of experience, but um, then in Buddhist practice, one of the practice, the true practice, you know, right? So we give a body. We, give, we feed the body to gods and demons. So that's kind of very weird-looking practice. But then I uh, retrospectively, I thought about it. Huh. Your practice is based on this kind of fierce compassion, you know, everybody has. Mm. Because when that moment, I forgot myself. I was not there. Self was not there when I hold him. Mm. I was not thinking about it. Just innately came. Mm. Unconditional. Mm. There was no condition. Unconditional love compassion and the generosity. Yeah. And even though it is innate in all of us, not every mother feels that. Not every mother can feel that because of their own distress or patterns. Yeah. So to me, all your practice before that laid the groundwork such that you could feel the innate um, compassion rise in that mm -hmm. moment in a whole new way. Some mothers cannot bond with their children. You know, they're, they're, they're not even connected. Yeah, everybody had these conditions, you know, quite a bit of uh, things, obscuration and this and that. But, yeah, yeah. It's still there. Yeah, still there. They just yeah. can't access it. Yeah. So that, that's what I, one of my points was that we can cultivate. We can, uh, but <laughs> cultivate means just letting go of this obscuration as much as possible. Then at the same time we can consciously cultivate both ways. Get rid of that cleaning up and also uh, cultivate. Like a, you know, like a gar yeah, gardening. Gardening, cleaning up the uh, kind of weed, taking out the weed, 
then kind of cultivating the nice soil because she is all there and give water and the sun and those things. And of course, after that, my ego came back. Yeah. <laughs> back to the, those things. Back but it's you. nice to have that moment. <laughs> then I thought that I knew what's possible. Yeah. As a, this uh, limited human being, uh, you know, and uh, conditioned. But, uh, yeah. And you can refer back to that mm. always. Yeah. And know the truth yeah. of it. I'm sure you have somebody who you really love first time moment you fall in love. No, you just uh, you are not there, maybe. Of course problem comes afterwards. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. So before you go or on the way out the door, just to try to kind of dedicate. Or see, you know, what you've done, uh, talked about, sharing. Just a drop of that water into the big ocean of awakening and freedom. Mm-hmm. Then drop of water does not dry up. The one we did today is not just, uh, just, just like, uh, what you call, chattering. <laughs> 